0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Success Harbor Podcast with George Mazaros, where it's all about making success happen for you.
1: Hi everyone, this is George Misaris with Success Harbor, and I have Scott Jordan with me. Scott is the CEO of Scottyvest and Technology Enabled Clothing. It's a business with over $10 million in revenue. You might have seen Scott on Shark Tank, where he ended up arguing with billionaire Mark Cuban. It was a really entertaining episode. Scott ended up storming out of Shark Tank. He left the show without getting an investment, but he walked away with great PR for his company. We'll talk about how being on Shark Tank has affected his sales. You Definitely want to hear that. We'll talk about how to do great PR, and we'll get into how and why Scott started Scotty West, the challenges, the rewards, and more. I'm very excited to have Scott on Success Harbor today. Welcome. Thank you for being here, Scott. Uh, the first time I heard about Scotty West was on Shark Tank. I believe it was in 2012. What was the impact on your company being on Shark Tank?
0: That's a great question. Um, you know, the expectation was with six million people, it would be um, unbelievable. For sales, mm-hmm.
1: so yeah, uh, yeah,
0: and and you know, we are fortunate enough to have a great deal of uh, press, um, and so the expectation was that we, we should buy millions of dollars worth of inventory. Mm-hmm. Uh, hoping that you know within uh, a few short hours during airing that we would sell out, and we had massive predictions of selling anywhere from five hundred thousand dollars to two million dollars worth of inventory as a result of Shark Tank. And there's no data available before you go on the show, so you have no idea. All you know. You have no idea what the edit's going to be like. You have no idea um you know how it's going to be received. You have no idea your website's going to crash uh, for that matter, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. which, despite all preparations, you know ours in fact did with much to my disappointment so a, a few things number one, sales on the Friday night that it aired uh, were about the same as the prior Friday night, and the okay. same through the entire weekend, so sales were not impacted at all. Much to our extreme disappointment and surprise.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, however, you know, notoriety and email volume uh, was um, extreme. A lot of people, you know, had something to say and commented about it. Uh, now, looking back on it, when you know, you watch the episode, which was to this date one of the most controversial episodes ever, you know, it's <laughs> it, 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 terribly surprising for your viewers and listeners who have not watched my episode. It was season three, episode seven and um i
1: so just just really quickly so if there are a few people out there who haven't seen it um you know one of them one of the things that you finally you, you walked away without an investment right uh you ended up kind I, of I two
0: investment offers you know for a million dollars from
1: uh, yeah, and so there was kind of an argument. So, and I'm not I'm not taking sides. I think you know everybody has a right to stand up for their their own business, and it's your baby and all that. But so people who haven't seen it, it wasn't one of those you know uh, everybody's happy type of uh, episode. There was a there was a lot of friction, and you know the, in the end there was no investment. So and you know so so just in case somebody hasn't seen it so I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt but no, I just wanted no, no. to
0: no. I mean it's important you know that's your uh, most people know about me and recognize me in public you're asking me you know what was the impact of the show its notoriety um, both good mm-hmm. and bad a, in a controversial manner uh, most people who, who watched the episode without understanding the backstory thought that you know I went on solely for publicity because I turned down an offer for a million dollars but Um, They made an offer for a a different company that I didn't pitch, which Mm -hmm, was my retail mm -hmm. company, Scotty Best. A a lot of people don't know this, but at at the time, they changed the rules fairly recently, but every entrepreneur who went on that stage had to give the producers of the show 5% of the company that they were pitching, whether Mm. the deal was done or not. So, oh, wow. I, and for that reason, I was not pitching my retail company that had extreme value, uh, uh, which was Scotty Vest. I was pitching a licensing company, which was uh, being p- presented at a much lesser valuation. And if mm-hmm. I dared say, breathe or utter the word Scotty Vest, the name of my company, I would have subjected that company to the 5% equity rule, again, whether a deal was made or not. Oh, wow. Extremely contentious. Um, They kept trying to bid for this other company, you know, baiting me, knowing full well that if I couldn't say the name of that company, can you imagine standing there with all the lights blaring on you and five
1: Mm -hmm.
0: VCs coming at you asking you to negotiate for a company that you weren't were by contract not allowed to, to mention the name of? So mm-hmm. I pointed at you know Kevin and Robert and said they were out and told Mark Cuban to shut up and sit down and walked off the stage. You know mm-hmm. so so um, as a result I you know I, you know, I did not see the sales because it looked like a it's TV they they took uh, you know 50 minutes of uh, of an engaging conversation and boiled it down to I think 16 minutes of air time which is more than mm-hmm. any o- other entrepreneurs received to, to date uh, up until that time. And they made it very controversial. They didn't talk about the product and show me, t- you, know, ex- you know, demoing the product. It was a discussion about a patent and a, a very um, passionate person talking about their, their-, their company.
1: Mm-hmm. So immediate sales results did not uh, change, right? Right. Um what about let's say the next 6 months after that what, well, it, you did know, you notice a difference
0: it, it's impossible to measure the next 6 months you know uh you know, there are
1: so many other things that happen right yeah, or I mean, or you
0: you you, you know, um i know this i i extended ourselves significantly on on product and we did not see a bump in sales over prior year so i don't think there was any appreciable or noticeable uh, effect on sales as a result of being on the tank. Now, you know, a lot of people watch the show and they think, you know, of course, regardless whether a dealer is done or not, you're going to get massive sales. I mean, Cuban says it's the Shark Tank bump and, 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 and everyone just appearing on the show gives you, but that is nothing further from the truth. People who watch that show are watching the show to, to be entertained. They're not watching the show to buy something. It's mm-hmm. not a buy-minded, mm-hmm. and they'll go on the website out of curiosity. So it's mm-hmm. not a guarantee to sales at, at, at all, but it is a guarantee yeah. to publicity and notoriety. No.
1: Yeah. because well, I I've been watching this show for years, yeah. and and I am almost. Are you there? Yeah. Can you hear I, me? Yeah. I'm I'm almost always uh, check out the site during the show just to see you know what's going on, the, the price change, you know, just to get a feel for it. So, but I don't think I ever bought anything, you know. So that's kind of interesting that you brought that up.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it, 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 you know, most people don't. So, uh, you know, sometimes maybe if it's if it's a very inexpensive item, and it's something you personally need or want, maybe you'd buy it. But more often than not, you're just you're just kind of curious. More more often than not, I go on the website just to see. Number one, did their website crash? You know, number two. <laughs> You know, was it was the deal consummated? Because the hardest thing about being on the show, and I talk about this at great length in the book, and I wrote a book called Pocket Man, and it's about the art of passionate personal promotion. And mm-hmm. I, I talk about the whole backstory, so I don't want to get too deep. We could talk for hours about it unless that's all you want to talk about, but I'd encourage people to go to Amazon and, 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 and purchase the book. It's really cheap uh, for a download. Um, Pocket Man, it's a great read, um, and they'll, they'll learn Sounds about good. it. We, we
1: put a link in the show notes. Cool. Okay so let's uh, let's talk about um uh, making the transition because uh, uh some of the people that listen uh, to 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 the Success Harbor podcast uh, uh are e- entrepreneurs but some of them are aspiring entrepreneurs so let's talk about that transition i mean you 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 were an attorney before starting Scotty West mm-hmm. and you were doing well uh but uh how did you how did you make that transition from attorney to entrepreneur and why Scotty Scotty West
0: So uh, there's a lot there. Um, And, you know, I I found myself um, sort of backed into practicing law. You know, I was uh, initially working for my family business. My father owned a cemetery. So I was literally selling cemetery lots door to door.
1: (laughs) Six feet under. Yeah. It reminds me. (laughs) Yeah, exactly.
0: Although it wasn't a funeral home business, I wasn't dealing with dead bodies per per se. But, um, And uh, my father sold his business and I was like, well, what am I going to do? And and like so many lawyers or or so many um, uh, people who go to law school, it's for lack of a better thing to do. I mean, I don't think that uh, of the 100 percent of the people are in law school, you know, probably 20 percent are there because they they, they really want to be a lawyer. You know, 80 percent couldn't figure out what they want to do in life. And they just, you know, started practicing law or go to law school and, and I found I, unfortunately, I did exceptionally well as uh, in law school. I was number six in my class at Case Western Reserve, um, and then I'm presented with a bunch of great offers to go to work for major law firms. Mm-hmm. And the day I started, I hated it. I absolutely yeah. hated it. I was
1: so. How long did it take you from starting and then actually starting Scottybus? What you're talking about? How many years?
0: Um, six. Maybe Six years, seven. What? Well,
1: yeah, it's not too bad, but you know, it, was seven it wasn't wasted
0: a... years plus the three years in law school. Ten, ten years of ten my years. life. I'm fifty. Twenty percent of my life was, you know, I, I hate to say, wasted because. Yeah. You know, I learned. A lot I
1: mean, you got paid, and you know, it wasn't like a horrible job, but uh, you, you know, know compared it wasn't to what something I'm doing now, do.
0: it was. And and I think that you know, you know, to me, you know, my you know, being an entrepreneur gives me a sense of freedom and control of my destiny and. Um,
1: allow so for to... for seven years you were an attorney and you hated it. And how did you come up with the idea for Scotty Vest?
0: Um, I, I as an attorney, I you know, at three years in, I, I realized this was I, when I found myself playing solitaire at the end of the day and, and enjoying that more than my work. I said I got to get out of here. So I, I tried uh, to go to the managing partner of my law firm and say, Hey, there's got to be a client that needs a general counsel and try to go into the business realm. And one thing led to another, and I ended up working for uh, an Internet startup company um, called Next 50, kind of a a portal for seniors. And, you know, it was based in Princeton, New Jersey, and I was in Chicago, so I was traveling quite a bit. Um, I, I, Monday through Thursday I would spend in Princeton, I'd hop on a plane and I'm, in, in my travels, you know, I have all my devices with me and at the time it was a Sony Discman, it was even free iPod um, and a cell phone and a camera and I thought in a business casual environment, there's got to be a better way for people to carry their devices Mm -hmm. And I looked on the market there, of course, was a fanny pack and a travel vest and a a photographer's vest and a fishing vest and backpacks. And it occurred to me that there was no no um, no uh, uh, solution for clothing to be designed to carry all these things. And I said, well, this could be my way out. And and a real aha moment came when I was listening to, to music and had my wires dangling all over me. Uh, you know, or dangling, and I passed, walked by a doorknob, and, and it caught my ear, and this has happened to most folks, and it felt like my ear was going to pull off. Yeah, and, that and,
1: happened to me. <laughs> and, and, and I
0: literally grabbed the wire, and I thought my earlobe would be on the end of the wire, and, and sure enough, it wasn't, and, and I said, well, that's it. I got to design clothing that can not only carry my devices comfortably uh, and look good, but also manage the wires. Mm-hmm. And that's that, that's when Scotty Vest was born. I quit the the dot com, which was failing anyway. Working for mm-hmm. a jerk, and
1: mm-hmm. and, and mm-hmm. Uh,
0: it's it's a shame because you know basically it was it was a predecessor to Facebook, if you will.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and um, so and this was around two thousand.
0: Uh, yeah, nineteen ninety nine, two thousand. I quit. I started in nineteen ninety nine, right before the internet bubble,
1: mm-hmm. and
0: and mm-hmm. I lasted there uh, about a year and a few months, and 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 quit uh, at the end of August of 2000 and started Scotty uh in December of 2000
1: so how long did it take for you to go from the aha moment to actually getting uh, a product
0: uh, exceptionally fast um probably let me see i i you know i came up with the aha moment sometime in uh, you know october Uh, You know or thereabouts and I was trying to struggle for an idea most entrepreneurs struggle for an idea They think the idea is the most important part and that could not be further from the truth And I'd like to talk about that a little more after I answer this question. if you'll permit me So it it was in October. I came up with the idea in December I met with a designer a clothing designer, and it was probably at, at the end of January early February I had a prototype
1: of 2000
0: yeah Uh And then I had a website in, I think, April of two, uh, 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 April, 2001, you know, um, so it was 2000 that I had the idea prototype 2001, but it was within, within a couple months of the idea Mm -hmm. and then, Mm -hmm. and then started selling on the website on a pre-order basis in in, uh, April, May of 2001 and then shipping in August.
1: So, how much money did you put into the business from idea to shipping the first products? Uh,
0: it was about sixty thousand dollars in product purchase,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and uh, and and all the gear up and stuff was, you know, probably twenty, so maybe thirty, about, so okay. ninety thousand dollars. About ninety k.
1: Okay. So it took you 90K to go from idea to actually a product that you shipped. And did you have to order like large quantities or was it –
0: Yeah. I ordered uh, 3,000 units to meet
1: those large quantities, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think for anybody that starts a business, that's that's a large, large quantity. Uh, Go ahead.
0: But but, but I started doing math and started getting nervous because if I sold all 3,000 units – it would not begin to you know, provide a portion of the salary that I just walked away from.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so I needed to recognize that although that was an initial first purchase order, that, that in order for this business to be viable, I, I needed to be prepared to place much larger purchase orders to follow.
1: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how long did it take you to sell those 3000 units?
0: Um. Well, a a funny thing happened along the way to success and, you know, happened to me and everyone else. But, um, you know, September 11th, you know, they shipped the units were received in my warehouse in August of 2001 and a month later, September 11th. So sales came to a a grinding halt and I was faced with massive dilemmas and freaking out, you know, and, Mm -hmm. um, uh, you know, but I I I managed to shift the focus because at that time, you know, uh, they were restricting bags from every convention center and anywhere you needed to go, you were not allowed to bring a bag.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, so I said, you can't bring a bag, but Scotty Vester approved, to, to, you know, for all these conventions. So mm-hmm. I, I I basically you know you uh managed to spin the story to to make you know Scotty best the solution so sales started picking up again and i worked directly with the, the media to to get my story out there because it was a unique story and and i had a fairly good christmas it was it was a good christmas gift and um then in January of two thousand and two, uh, a, a full year later after I received my first prototype, six months after I received my inventory, I got in Parade Magazine.
1: Parade had, Magazine?
0: Yeah, which is a, the Sunday insert in every Sunday paper mm-hmm. throughout the yeah. the country, and I sold out all of those. And, and so it took me six, eight months to sell out those units. And then I started pre-selling version 2.0, which was basically the same as um, the eVest the 1.0, but with sleeves. And so your you know, second
1: I, order of your first order was 3,000 units. How many units did you order the second
0: you know, around. I I would have to look back. I, it was at least three thousand, if not more, because I.
1: So about the same number of units that you ordered the first time.
0: Yeah, and 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 in my case, the uh, the orders, and I had to order that the second that second set, you know, probably in November. You know, as I was kind of struggling and wondering where the future of the business was, I had to double down because apparel has extremely long lead times. It's like four months from the date you place the order from the date it ships in from Asia and another month on the, on the water. So I Mm -hmm. had to plan, my, you know, how I was going to do and and basically, you know, place a bet. You know, that's what being an entrepreneur is about. Yeah.
1: And those sales were, were they uh, direct to consumer or wholesale?
0: I, I, I was the first apparel brand. Uh, to start on the internet as my exclusive channel. And that was kind of an accidental thing. My, I was talking with my web designer. I had intended to have just a brochure website. Remember, this is 2001. You know, um, I think this might predate Amazon or, 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 or right No, now.
1: Amazon goes back to like 94, 95. Oh, does it really? Okay. Yeah. Um, but you know, by in '95, most people didn't have emails. So you're only talking about five, six years after. That. Right. So it was, yeah. you know, it was a, so, a long time ago in terms of, in terms of internet years. Yeah.
0: So my, my intent was only, only to go, uh, to wholesale channels, Hammaker Slemmer. And, and I talk about this in the book. I mean, the stories are, are awesome because, you know, I, I had fully intended to be in or Schlemmer and I worked with them. And, and the day that I, I after a few emails back and forth of non-responsiveness from the buyer at Hammaker, you know, I walked into their offices in Chicago who I happened to represent their landlord and said, Hey, what's up? And the buyer says, Hey, I'm moving on. You know, here's the apparel buyer. And the apparel buyer says, I'm not interested. So Mm -hmm. there were lots of, of roller coasters. It wasn't, you know, just a a clear path to success. I fought for every single sale and I realized early on that my, that the, the best way for me was to go direct to the consumer.
1: Okay. And so that was through the website um, that, that uh, obviously evolved with the Internet uh, as it went on. But let's talk about some of the other challenges. I mean the first big challenge you mentioned was 9-11, which I think was a challenge for every business. In addition to that, what were maybe one or two other major challenges early on?
0: you know i you know, i i've continuously struggled even currently with getting you know the right people on the team so that's that, that mm-hmm. I, you know i think that's always a challenge setting up the systems getting accounting systems in place properly you know our mm-hmm. our challenge is um you know finding you know believing that a pr firm could you know help promote my business Better than I could uh, was an early challenge, Um, you know, figuring out the whole logistics of of the fulfillment uh, center. I mean, there are lots of challenges. There's uh, no shortage of challenges, but I powered my way through all of them because in my case, I recognized that the alternative was practicing law.
1: And yeah, so I was going to ask why not give up. So, so you always – it was in the back of your mind that, you know, if this doesn't work out, I have to go back do what I hated doing for yes. seven years.
0: Yeah. So I, I – you know, the alternative was just not acceptable to me.
1: Okay. So I have read that the uh, initial products for women failed to attract buyers. Can you talk about that? How, how, because – but now it's about, what, 35% of your, your sales is from women apparel, right?
0: Yeah, that's about right. Um, so it's a
1: big change from failing to uh, to a big part of your your revenue now.
0: Well, and it's a pretty simple explanation. I mean, when we first started, you know, we were only marketing a men's travel vest or, you know, a, a, a men's vest. And, uh, you know, that was marketing to one half of the population. And, and women, you know, said, well, what about us? And so we immediately said, okay, let's make a women's version of the men's vest. And we added – you know sleeves and change the style ever so slightly and you know that was the failing part you cannot take a men's garment and change you know a couple measurements and then call it a woman's garment Indeed. marketing to women you know women have their body parts they're they're completely different you know, you know <laughs> obviously thank yeah them. um you know so uh, it, it was just not, you know, uh, taking the time to really understand the market and design it, you know, to meet their their, their taste. And so we, we've we just, with the help of my wife, who is my partner in this business, we're 100% self-funded. Uh, mm-hmm. We have no outside investors uh, whatsoever, and, you know, and, and cash flow positive, effective year two of business and, and pretty close in year one, to be honest with you, um, which is highly uncommon.
1: <laughs> mhm. Mm-hmm. So so basically you just didn't uh, take the customers seriously enough initially but ultimately it wasn't really a big issue because and and I want to bring this up because a lot of people that start businesses uh are, you know making this kind of a mistake but uh you were able to adjust fairly quickly.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, I we, you know we try to fail fast, learn from our mistakes, but I mean having said that, you know it took us many years in between that and I wouldn't necessarily call it a failure. We, we, we only made a few hundred units. You know, I never expected women to be, you know, a, a large part of our market early on. It wasn't, it wasn't our focus. And, um, you know, I think my biggest failure would have been reacting too quickly to the market request because, you know, I should have just recognized that I, I, I would have been better off doing better for a longer period of time, focusing solely on men and then, Mm -hmm. and then addressing women when I was ready.
1: Okay. So it wasn't a huge
0: failure. I ultimately sold through that, you know, they weren't, Mm -hmm. they weren't, but ugly, they just were not attractive. And if only, you know, I'd say, you know, within the last five years and we've been doing this now for 14 years that we've really properly attacked the, the female market.
1: So, what are the? Um, you talked about early, early on. It was you know the website was doing most of the selling. Uh, what about the best marketing channels today for for Scotty Bash? So the website through the website, but but that's that's where the transaction occurs. But driving people there is a different story. So, how do you market the business today?
0: Uh, PR.
1: PR. Yeah. So let's talk about PR because I you know, you have doing a great job at PR. What advice do you have for entrepreneurs to succeed with PR? Because I yourself. think a lot of people I'm sorry. Do it yourself. Do it yourself. So, how do you do PR yourself? Can you give us a maybe a couple of examples of, of what what is it that you do and and how do you do it?
0: Okay, so I, I, I buy press lists. Number one, there's a you, 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 there's a number of sources that you can buy email addresses from the media. Okay. Number two, you write a press release.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, and you write it, or you get a writer that can help you do it, and you write it with the hope the end goal that they're gonna take that press release and and they are gonna reprint it almost verbatim. Um come up with a clever subject line, you know, uh in your press release. Make images easily downloadable in your press release.
1: Mm -hmm. Then Mm -hmm. number Mm
0: -hmm. number three or four, whatever number I'm at, you 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 pick the top thirty people on your list and you call them and you Uh email them and you send them video Messages and you send them samples and then you follow up and you treat these people like the most important people possible, and you establish authentic relationships with these people and you give some interesting content and then you come back to them when you have new products and you ask them to cover them again with the understanding that there's only so many times that people can come, can write about a, you know, your product so then,
1: so so in your case, how did you identify the right People. So, was it about travel? Was it about uh, yeah, might- gadgets? Because uh, I, I saw you on uh, Leo Laporte. Uh, you know, Leo Laporte was really, uh happy about getting one of your vests, and he talked about it. Like, you know, he's like kind of an obvious choice. But I was thinking maybe, you know, even travel is. So, how do you determine what's what's the right right angle?
0: Well, yeah, it's a funny story um, I, 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 about that. Basically, you know, when I first started, I hired a PR firm, and I went to New York, and they had a few um, uh, appointments for me to visit a variety of people, and 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 I had much more time in my day than they had me booked. And I, was, I said, "Oh, you know, I need, I'm in New York, where all this media is. I need desperately to get in front of more media," and I just pounded the pavement and. Just walked into buildings, and one of the buildings was Time Life. And I went to the receptionist and I said, uh, May I please speak with the editor? She laughed and she said, We have 200 publications. Which one? And I said,
1: well, All of them. <laughs> <you> know, uh,
0: <laughs> the, the, the travel, gadget, fashion, uh, lifestyle. And she handed me a list, a directory, and said, you know, have at it. And I sat there in her office on my cell phone leaving, you know, 20 messages, you know, for any relevant editors and a different pitch for each different editor. And um, before I knew it. You know, I, I was discouraged, and I didn't get a single one. And as I'm ready to leave, you know, New York a day early, having exhausted all my resources, I get a call from the Time, Time Magazine's editor. Um, and I went in there and showed her the product, and you know, t- she took the the vest right off my back. And and I thought, oh my God, you get in Time Magazine, you know, game over. You know, that's all you need. And I learned very quickly that if they don't put the URL or they don't speak. You know, mm-hmm. really, you know, where you get it and how you buy it, that you're not going to see the sales that directly results. So I learned some learned some things from it. But I mean, you look and you think of what story there's there's no shortage, especially nowadays. You know, you do a blog, search, do an Internet search. You know, in my mm-hmm. case, it was a little more
1: difficult. You know,
0: what goes in the pockets, you know, gadgets, you know, mm-hmm. um, you know, travel. You just think of what, 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 what applies.
1: Mm hmm. Yeah, that that makes sense. Talk about Steve Wozniak. Uh how how did he become one of your advisors?
0: Um, that's a great question. Um he placed an order on my website. My wife goes through all of my order all of our orders and she forwards me the order from Steve and uh within moments I emailed him and said, Thank you very much for your order. Like within moments after he had placed this order you know, I really you, I'm a huge fan of yours or something along those lines. And within a second, he writes back saying, you're welcome. This is an exceptional accessory for for an iPod. Uh, You've got to be kidding me. That's,
1: That's pretty awesome.
0: That, <laughs> right back, you know, Steve Wozniak, the co-founder of Apple, writes to me that, you know, this is that he likes your stuff. Yeah, he likes my stuff and it's perfect for yeah. Apple. And I write wow. back, can I put that on my website? And he writes back, yes, of course. You know, so within uh, ten minutes, I have an email to my, you know, web d- designer saying, you know, put on the homepage slide. Steve Wozniak says an ex- excellent accessory for your iPod, iPod. And uh, as a result, we had this great email communication back and forth. I, l- I learned a lot about him, and you know, I offered to you know, to do. Um, Some webisodes together. I I, that you know the iconic iPod commercial, you know with the guy dancing with the white wires, Mm -hmm, with colorful mm -hmm. background. Um, Yeah. You um, and and I said, Steve, I got this great idea. Would you mind being the dancer in this commercial? And he said, Oh yeah, I love I love humor, and and I I. Then thought, oh, my God, do I really want Steve Wozniak, a heavyset guy, dancing around, looking like Chris Farley, you know, representing my product. And I said, you know, Steve, I decided not to do it with you. He said, no problem. And, you know, we went back and forth and maintained a relationship. I sent him products here and there. I said, you mind if I can use you on my advisory board? And he said, oh, I'm fine. You know, it, there's not much to it. You know, he just – Occasionally, you know, I'll flip him an email, or flip a response, and he did these, ended up doing these series of what we called Wazisodes where you know, on green screen, you go to YouTube and you search Steve Wozniak, Scotty Vast, where you know, a, a day in L.A., we shot these really funny commercials together.
1: And uh, Yeah, that's, that's an awesome was, story.
0: But the, the, the awesome thing, one of the biggest mistakes I ever made was not having him do that commercial.
1: Because you know, yeah, I was thinking when you were saying that, that I would have loved to see that. That could have been viral. Easily.
0: Steve Wozniak dancing around in the iconic iPod commercial with the colors behind him. And then if you look now that, you know, there is search iPod spoof and you'll see um, the original commercial. It's just some no-name person. It's a great very well-produced commercial. It's got 100,000 views. It was well done. But if you close your eyes and imagine if that was Steve Wozniak, it would have clearly gone viral. Yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. So – um it was uh, reported by Inc. and uh, Entrepreneur that Scotty Vest uh, had revenue of 10 million. I think that was in uh, 2014. What What are your revenue projections for 2015? Well,
0: we're, we're not we're not reporting revenues any longer. Um, so they're in excess of what they were then. We're still growing, but our focus mm-hmm. is not on. Growth at this at this point because we're you know our focus frankly is on profitability and happiness so uh, okay you know we're, we're doing quite well
1: okay so business is still growing and uh, and that's that's good to hear uh, I have uh, one more question uh, what is the best advice you have ever received
0: I received it and I ignored it. <laughs> and, that's why, and that's why I'm going to give it to your entrepreneurs and, and, and I'm hoping that uh, and your listeners that they don't make the same mistake that I did and that ignore it. And the advice is as soon as you start getting more people, establish a corporate culture and emphasize it. As often as you can, because when we started growing, you know, doubling year over year for a couple of years, we started hiring more and more people. And we're just like, you're we going to pay you what you asked for. Do your job. That's mm-hmm. not enough. People need to know they're a part of something larger. They need to understand what's important for the company. And um, and I didn't I didn't have a said, I was too busy running my business. It's, it's to understand that shift from, you know, a startup, you know, with a few people or one person yourself to an organization and taking those things in, into account. The second thing is, and I, I alluded to this earlier, and I want to come back to this. The idea is the least important thing of a business and, and, and I think that most entrepreneurs believe that the most important thing, I got to come up with an idea that no one has ever thought of
1: mm-hmm. and I got
0: to patent it and I got to protect it and then I got to pursue it. That, that could not be further from the truth. You need to find something in your life that you can make you know, do better than someone else has already done it, execute it better and build a brand. Uh, and, and and just do something that someone else is doing, but just do it better. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know, I, if you look at my first version of the website on the Wayback Machine, you'll see Scotty Vest there. Every third sentence is patent pending, patent. Don't you dare copy me. You know, I I, I was so worried about, you know, someone stealing my idea that I forgot the most important thing is execution of the idea. I, I, I ultimately did them both very well, but I would love to have all the time and, that I spent, you know, in mindshare and in dollars protecting my idea and focusing on finding that unique idea and, and instead, you know, building the brand. I would have been much further ahead on every different level.
1: That's great advice, Scott, and I, I do appreciate you uh, coming on Success Harbor today. How can uh, – what was uh, – can you talk about your book? Uh, yeah, when can people my, get pocket, it?
0: pocket man, and, and it's a really – it just came out. It's gotten trem- over 100 five-star reviews on Amazon, and um, my intent was to, to write a book that was entertaining, Uh, You know, that you'd read it fast. You didn't feel like you were being preached to. You felt like one of my favorite um, uh, responses from one of my beta readers that we sent sent to him, he said, what book does this remind you of? He writes Ferris Bueller's Day Off. (laughs)
1: <laughs> Which is not.
0: It's an adventure. It's it, you know, and it's That's
1: a compliment.
0: It, oh, it's a huge compliment, and it's exactly what I intended. So you know, it, you know, it, it, it's, it's it's titled um, an unauthorized autobiography of how I created a fifty million dollar pocket empire. And you know, I talk about Shark Tank. I talk about how I started struggles, and it's very candid. It's not like okay, here step one, do this, do that. It's a story, and it's entertaining. So I encourage people to read. That. That. And secondly, please check out my website, ScottyVest.com, S-C-O-T-T-E-V-E-S-T, ScottyVest. And you know, if you're looking for great gifts or great solutions for your own way to carry your devices, whether you carry two or you're going on a trip to China or a trip to, to the grocery store, you need a way to carry it. And it's paradigm shifting clothing. So
1: it's it's a cool product, uh, and I appreciate you coming on uh, Success Harbor. I'm gonna include a link to your book and also to Scotty Vest, uh, obviously. Uh, everybody out there, thank you for listening, and thank you, Scott, for coming on Success Harbor.
0: My pleasure. It's great.
1: Bye, everybody.
0: Goodbye.